I've never heard of it before. What it's, it's like not it. it's yeah like, like if I don't yeah, hear it's it like all the different. time like wouldn't I hear them all the time if they were the best? Yeah, wouldn't they be on like Alice like Alice ninety seven point three? That's my favorite radio. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so Token Girl, is, I'm a little bit of a fan girl. with bass and vocals and really sick drum beats and they do lots of triplets and different rhythms that you usually wouldn't hear from a rock band but they rock they're able to combine a little bit of jazz a little bit of funk a little bit of rock and a little bit of soul in my head this symphony for two I wrote Kept it soft Still I thought you heard it too That voice, so soulful oh. <laughs> You feel so the emotion soulful. in your heart A little folksy maybe too, I don't know What is it? I guess it's just emotion filled Yeah Emotionful yeah. We, can't put it, we can't put it neatly in a box It's just it's like not that kind of band it's The token girl <laughs> <laughs> Just another token girl, you know. <laughs> so like she really plays this like super like big guitar that plays super low and it only has like four strings. It's like a totally cool guitar. Have you ever played the flute? Is the flute like the trumpet? Do you, is that a flute? Is that a saxophone? What is that? I think it's, I think it's like a French horn. Isn't that because it's from France? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it really sucks when I'm like playing trumpets. Like there's some like male instruments and female instruments or something. And then people are like, um, is that a flute? And I'm like, no, does it look like a flute? And they're like, why are you asking that question? You're so brave. <laughs> <laughs> to play a man's instrument like this <laughs> I'm sure a token girl has never heard that before I'm sure never never but I know that you jump at the chance just to say my name I feel it in my bones 
just like the ebb and flow and passing of time I held this in my heart now I wonder if I ever really had to I can see the only thing that's changed uh, Token Girl is amazing because they're able to put together singing and playing badass bass at the same time there are very few people that do that especially with the double bass like the upright bass that's mm-hmm. really hard it is hard and those parts are intricate those are solo bass parts while singing Lonely for while you singing and me Leslie, human badass a breeze on a summer's day thought i knew you but it was just the way everything about that band is that it's so simple because i've seen them play as a duo i've seen them play as a trio and i think on this track it's xylophone or whatever the the high notes are i think that's the only extra thing but it's just basically guitar bass and drums I didn't actually hear any guitar really I thought that was just the bass up in a high register the whole time that's the question I had at least for 10 it's like when the bass is going you hear a fuzz it's like octave it could be an octave pedal with distortion yeah I think it really speaks to just the songwriting and the the musicianship Um, because I think a lot of the times bands start layering things on because they feel like there's always something missing, but there's already so much in just the basic songwriting that they do that mm-hmm. they don't need the extra layers to for the song to really speak. There's like the collage approach to making a track, and then there's sort of like the ship in a bottle where like it's it's tiny, but every piece is like, exquisitely crafted and it only works if everything's in the right place at the right time and i think which approach do you take uh i kind of go back and forth right now i'm just kind of collaging because i have just i'm in my home studio by myself and you know i don't play all the instruments all that well so i'm just kind of like layering stuff up and hoping for the best but um (laughs) i've definitely loved playing in situations where everybody was playing independent parts and everything was just kind of meshing together very carefully. So, yeah, I'm of two minds about it because I certainly love the just sort of like, well, let's put everything in and just have fun and see what happens. Um, But I appreciate when people have the restraint to not do that and to really deliberately place every note to the benefit of the song. Yeah. I forget who it was who said it um might have been victor wooten but it's about the notes you don't play and that's i think that's really what sinking ship and token girl generally is about every note and every uh, every verse is deliberate mm-hmm. yeah at 150 they're playing with this vocal doubling so like in mixing you'd often you know add another vocal track yeah. i think that happens around the i've noticed that around the minute mark too where it was just like two words in the in the whole like span of that that section of the song and but they 
just kind of jumped out of the mix because they were doubled at, at the unison. So it's, it's a really cool effect. And I like how it's like, it's a sparing use of it. Like it doesn't happen all the time, but it's just sort of like on yeah. a couple words here, a couple words there. And that makes those words really pop. In my head, there's a symphony for two. I wrote, kept it soft, still I thought you heard it too. Well, in wrinkled brows on the corner of your smile, well, I read into the way your limbs would linger for a while. There's a, people have a lot of tendency to add a lot of delay and reverb, and it's like rock and roll, man, like, let's compress that and make it, you know, but I think if you have a vocalist who's able to be really dynamic, um, like Token Girl is, I think, let it just be clear, mm-hmm. you know, that she doesn't need anything. And I like, I like that. You can hear all the intricacies. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's cool because like Token Girl is also like, it, they're stripped down instrumentationally on stage and in the studio. Like there's, I think there's a little bit more going on just instrumentation wise in the studio tracks than there is on in most of their shows a couple extra instruments tracked in at any given time but um they stay true to that sparse like make the most of a few instruments approach as opposed to you know saying well we're in the studio so let's lay in tons of extra stuff that we're never going to be able to do live with the the personnel that we currently have just because there aren't enough of us and I, I think that's you know I like both approaches I love when bands do like really ambitious studio albums with like tons of different parts and lots of textures and layers added in on top but I also think it's really cool when a trio or a quartet you know says okay well here's the instrumentation we have like what can we do texturally with the instruments that we're playing with the things that are the wheelhouse of the band that like reach that that stretch the capabilities of those instruments and i feel like that happened on this track And then there's there's like also the the filtered Ooh. piano sound at the end, like around three thirty. Like it's just like this cool texture. Like it, it doesn't. There's not a whole lot going on in the part. It's just sort of like comping the chords. But oh, whoa, I head down to your darkest But then the original beat kind of like sneaks back in toward the end. Yeah. It just relaxes back into the beat. Yeah, and it's such a smooth transition. 
thinking she Yeah, you keep thinking it's going to come back and it's going to come back. And I'm glad they don't. I'm glad they just bring it out into sweet, sweet love. It's unresolved. Definitely. Also, I love how they were playing with the different lines. So they have this is really difficult snare line, which they're nailing the whole time. But then they also have these like, you know, they pull in triplet breakdowns, which is like classic token girl. Yeah. <laughs> and... You know, they play with the line, so it's not just the same thing repeated over and over again. And that also helps with when you don't have a lot of different instruments, playing with the the harmonies and also playing with the melodies. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the rhythms like you mentioned, like the the chorus that, that stutter it, it's almost stuttery that triplet. Like it, it kinda like it's it's just ahead of the pocket or something and it, it just it, consistently each time, deliberately but it, it makes it feel like it's sort of like lurching through that section, and that's that's a really cool effect. Well, I know everything might change Despite my tightening grip Oh, I held on to your darkest ways I, I love the bass tone. Yep. Like, that compressed... Like, not overly compressed, but just punchy bass tone is is super awesome. Especially for solo bass, getting it to kind of cut through the mix, or like for like, is a feat, and it it doesn't feel overdone in this recording. But it's definitely like punchy and present. I also like how they're not afraid to put in long solos or long interludes, where if you would go to a producer that's trying to make it pop, like pop music. You would have like, oh, we got to cut that or like make it shorter. It got to be three minutes. But they're like, no, we're going to lean into this drum solo. We're going to lean into this very slow, sweet bass and like singing and just like let it hang. You know, I think that, that you know, their songs are a little longer and every min- every second is important. And um, it makes it also more rock. You know, they're able to pull out that rock vibe, which yeah. is good. It's nice when bands can just sit in a moment for a while and and build things out like that. I feel like not that pop music doesn't need to do that because it is sort of like they they need to have those attention grabby short songs, but um, the world needs more long form. I'm surprised sometimes looking at the minute markers for how long the songs are because they don't feel that long when you listen to them. Even though the songs are a little bit longer, every part of it is so catchy from the very first bass uh, bass solo or bass lick that um, that list starts with. Just from the very beginning of the song, it immediately catches your attention. It's a very catchy melody. And 
I think that it actually maybe speaks to pop music and I think people underestimate what an audience can actually listen to because if it's good and if everything is really well placed, people will want to pay attention. If you love, it was the sea. And the danger that we run is that bleeds into the mentality for all kinds of music making where, yeah, if it's going to go on the radio, maybe it does. It, maybe that's the reality of what radio broadcasting is like. But does it have to be one? And then two, um, why does that have to be the, the gold standard for all songwriting? And I think we're we run the danger of falling into like some assumptions about songwriting and about music audiences that, you know, everything has to be short to grab attention in a distracted world and make everybody pay attention for that, that, that rare moment where they're actually listening to you. And there are enough people out there still who want to listen to longer things. So every minute is jelly. It's, want to yeah. swim in it and you want to like roll around in it put it all over your mm-hmm. body <laughs> feels really good it, it makes me optimistic for longer form songwriting where songs stretch out a bit and like yeah i mean it's not even that long it's like four minutes right when you're able to pull out some like solos and you know highlight the singer you know it's it's nice it's about the bridge. Yeah. It's about, you know, going into different kinds of songwriting. Yeah, totally. Also, I think, so looking at this album, it's two songs and they're four minutes long and they highlight, you know, their skills as well as their solos. And I think it's really good as a showcase of like what it would be like to hear them live. Um, and from a practical perspective, you know, you're a local band and you know, you're trying to scrap it together. I think it makes a lot of sense to start, like put your best two feet forward, like two songs, make a statement and say like, this is what you're going to sound like. It's going to sound hella good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hire us, <laughs> you know? And they yeah. do a really good job of that. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think like, especially like knowing knowing who you are as a band and like there are bands that like reinvent themselves every record and I'm not saying that they don't, do that but like there's a token girl sound that is consistent and makes a lot of of sense listening across their different recordings and i think that that's something that's that's nice to like have that cohesion yeah they have a way of of having like you said, that cohesion, but still being very interesting. I think the problem with a lot of bands is they change, they either have to feel like they have to change their sound so radically to do something new because what their sound is, is actually quite repetitive. Um, whereas they, I think, have their sound, but it's so interesting and they find other ways of surprising you without having to completely reinvent who they are. Wait, is this a different band? Is this the same band? Oh my god, it's a this different is our, band. Oh my this god. is our metal album, and this is our pop album, and this is our hip-hop album. Oh my god, I feel like their old stuff was so much better. And now we're going to try something jazzy. 
Yeah. What if we made a blues record? Um, this is our like acoustic soft <laughs> rock record. Okay, I know we were like just stop an alt rock just band. stop though. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. Do it's you. You know, I think that's what the Token Girls. They're doing what's them. They're yeah. really good musicians. They're highlighting the yeah. best parts of their musicianship. They're doing them. And that's that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They don't need anything else. No gimmicks. No one asked me for the reason that I came. A craving that lingers if left, it'll stay the same. I feel it in my bones just like the ebb and flow and passing of time. I held this in my heart now. I wonder if I ever really had to I can see the only thing that's changed here is me and I won't waste a minute Do you listen? I don't even listen to music. What is music? (laughs) What is even music? Uh, I kind of love making fun (laughs) of Karen. It's kind of, it's really, it's like, it brings back my um, childhood as a NorCal person from from the Bay Area, making fun of people from LA as like a hobby. Just like what you do when you grow up in the Bay Area. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Agreed. I totally agree. So it's, yeah, it's bringing back that valley girl love, hate relationship. Yeah. I didn't even know that NorCal and SoCal had like a rivalry until someone from SoCal told me. Apparently no one in NorCal knows that SoCal and NorCal have a rivalry and the SoCal people have to keep reminding us. It's weird. It's weird. They're just weird. jealous that we have all the water. <laughs> <laughs> And they have all the desert. Yeah. I know which one I'd choose.
this episode of the Sabrosa Sound Podcast, Album of the Week edition, was recorded by Carissa McKelvey, Ariel Wang, and Margaret Jones, each in our own homes. This episode featured the music of Token Girl, specifically their album Twofold, which can be found on Bandcamp and on Spotify. This episode was edited by Carissa McKelvey, graphics by Margaret Jones, and produced by all three ladies of Sabrosa Sound. You can find additional podcast episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. To find out more about Sobrosa Sound, you can find us at www.sobrosasound.org or on social media at Sobrosa Sound. We'll see you next time. Then I'm your sinking ship.